Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Jesus, we know that you make a way every time. Hallelujah. When I don't see a way, when I can't see straight, God, you are always there to make a way for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Amen. There's comfort in knowing that he's always there. He's always making a way. Man, we're going to try this. Bud, is this thing working? No, guess not. Never mind. Let me just put it in my pocket. We'll deal with this next week. I want to say thank you to the church. Thank you to everybody who came to the memorial service. What a beautiful, beautiful service it was. She deserved that. And uh, quite pleased. I think I could see her smiling um, at that. And she was never one to have the attention on her. But boy, it sure was the other day. She impacted so, so many lives. And I'm just very grateful to be able to call her my wife and my companion. And I love her dearly. I miss her dearly. But I... I know that it, it's her desire for this church. Keep going. Keep going. If I could hear her voice in the background, it'd say, don't let this affect you. Keep going. Don't let this deter you. Keep going. Can I say to those that are struggling right now, keep going. Keep going. I know life can get hard, and I know things can get frustrating, but just keep going. Keep moving. God's got something better. God's got something more. God's got something. He's got an answer for you. Amen. Been in prayer, and as you can imagine, this has turned my world upside down, backside up. I feel like that little fish, Allison, that we got last week. I expanded my aquarium, so now I don't have that little tiny aquarium. I got a, I got big. And I bought a little catfish to add to the catfish I already had. And when I released it, it didn't do so well. As he was swimming sideways and upside down. And, um, I'm like, well, this is not how a normal catfish is supposed to be. And he'd, he'd go to the bottom and he'd kind of lay on the side. And all of a sudden, he'd, he would start swimming and he'd go to the top. And I thought, well, maybe he's moving. He's going to be okay. But then he starts this way and this way. And... and he didn't know which way was up, which way was down. And the poor little guy didn't make it, but uh, uh, that's how I feel sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I've got my bearings, and other times I feel like I'm sideways, and other times I feel like I'm upside down. But uh, you can only imagine. But God's got me. God's got me. I got a great family. I got a great church. I got a great church family, so I know we're going to be okay. And I was thinking the other day as I was preparing this and Brother Wilson, you, you tore into my message, and Sister Allison, you tore into my message, so I'm just, I really don't know what to do right now, because everything that I was due to say, y'all done said it. Okay. I'll just add another exclamation point to what you guys already said. But many of you that know my wife knew that she lived for her family. I was okay with taking a back seat and letting my kids be the spotlight in her life because they were her world. And as I was thinking the other day how the Lord has prepared a place for us, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my house are many mansions or many rooms. And I know she's already up there telling the Lord, this room is for David and Allison. This room's over here is for, for Zachary and Carissa. And that broom closet you could put my husband in. I know she's already up there and she's already telling the Lord how she wants her family situated around her. See, many of you don't know that my kids are already preparing uh, to get her a little house and where they were planning on putting her. And, and it, you know, they were planning on building her a little place, a little little mother-in-law apartment or a little mother-in-law building behind their house. And, and I always questioned, I'm like, well, what about me? You know, nothing's ever said about me. And they, well, 
you're either going to die or we're going to put you in a nursing home. So either way, I guess I'm going to be taken care of. But I'm very honored and grateful for all the flowers, for all the gifts, for all the cards, for all the many, many nice posts and everything that has been coming our way to help our family and, and honor my wife. If you did not or were not able to be able to get to know this dear sweet spirit, you really missed it. If you were not able to get close to her, you really missed a, a, a strong, sweet, sweet woman of God. And I will, I will carry on in her honor the things that she would want me to do. See, many of you don't know by nature I'm a fighter. I know he's a nice, easygoing, laughing all the type guy, but there's a fight nature that for some reason has always been in my DNA from the time I was little. And it was always my wife that says, no, honey, you can't do that. Honey, you can't say that to them. And she was the one that would always talk me down, Brother Wilson. She's the only one that would always talk reason into my life. So I just want to say this. If I get a little cantankerous the next few months or years, if I, if I start saying some things that start agitating some people, or if I, I get in your face a little bit, just, just I want somebody to say to me, what would your wife say? And that will bring me down a little bit. But I honor her today. Um, it's hard. My mind and my spirit is telling me to take a break, and my my elders and all those that are uh, have spoken into my life are, are telling me to to uh, slow down. But this is the only speed. This is the only thing I know how to do: is take care of the church, take care of my job, take care of my family. And yes, I may be taking a break the next week or two. And I know I got good people that will that will help out and keep the church going. But I want you to know I'm still going to give it 110%. Because this church deserves it. You deserve it. And this is what God has placed me here for. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. And I don't know what I did with my apostolic Bible that has the super large print. So I have to cheat and, and, and look at this little tiny uh, Nave Study Bible. Matthew chapter number 26, we're going to start reading verse number 36. Then come Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful, very heavy. You understand what it's like when things are on your heart and things are on your mind and there's nothing but sorrow that seems to come out you pour your spirit out to God tears come Jesus saith he unto them my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death tarry ye here and watch with me verse number 39 and he went a little further fell on his face and prayed saying oh father it's possible let this cup pass from me but you know he didn't stop there can I say to somebody you're in a season right now you're in a place in your life right now that that you're not happy with and it hurts and it's painful and I know you want to pray Lord take this away from me take this pain away take take this season of of, of hardship away but I want you to know what God is saying after this. Nevertheless, nevertheless, God, not my will, but thou wilt be done. And he cometh unto the disciples and, and finds them asleep and says unto Peter, What? Could you not just watch with me one hour? Could you just not pray with me? Could you just not support me, be with me for one hour? Verse number 41, watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh 
is weak. And I hate to say this, but I got this message, the beginnings of it, the, the, the very thought as we were at the amphitheater a couple weeks ago. There was a band there and they played a lot of 60s and 70s R&B and soul. So my message today comes from Sister Aretha. When she sang many, many years ago, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Ooh, just a little bit. And that's my message here today. Just a little bit. Lord, I'm so very thankful. I feel your spirit here right now. I feel your strength and I feel your comfort and I feel your presence. Lord, I pray that you would just have your way. Lord, let the Holy Ghost flow through this place. Lord, let your strength continue to flow. Help us today, God, in the name of Jesus. And you may be seated. Joe and Deandra, I hope you don't mind, but your daughter invited me over later to hang out with you. <laughs> she came up here and she personally said, you want to come hang out at my house later? So I hope you got something good. Uh, you're ready to eat this afternoon. <laughs> Love my little diamond. She's a sweetie. But I found out in my 56 short years on this earth, that little things do matter. It's not always the big over-the-top things that, that, that matter. It's that simple little kiss goodbye that mattered. On my way down to Branson, we were holding hands for, for a lot of the trip, just talking and laughing with the kids. And that Sunday, when everything started to go downhill we were waiting for the kids to come out of the the condo and she muttered her usual words as they came out of the door I love my kids and she did and she looked over at me and she said I love you and it was at that moment that I reached over as the kids were coming out and and we we kissed and she says, no, I want one more. And she gave me a passionate kiss and said that I do love you. And that was the last time that I was able to kiss my wife. And I want you to know that it's time to stop taking the times for granted. It's time to stop taking one another for granted. Because we are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised another day. But we are called to make the best of today. And stop putting off tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow. I will do this tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll make amends. Tomorrow I will work this out. Tomorrow I'll, I'll get with my brother and work this out. But a little bit. Just a little bit. How much better would things go if we would just put a little into it? A little bit of maintenance goes a long ways when it comes to different things. As an AC guy, I, I, I find out that uh, a lot of the, the problems that, that the guys that sell air conditioning, the guys that work on air conditioning, is they don't change their filters. But as many of you know, you're supposed to change your filters in your furnace. Please change your filters often to maintain that. But a lot of guys come home, and Larry, you're probably this way. You come home, you don't want to work on your car. It's the last thing. I don't want to see another vehicle. I don't want to see another motor. So a lot of AC guys come home, and they say, I don't want to look at another furnace. I don't feel like changing this. So that's the last thing they want to do. So I found out that AC guys, their filters are usually the dirtiest when they're telling you to change your filters. You know, the, the uh, oil light on, on your car that comes on when you need to change that oil. That little sticker 
that they put on the corner of the windshield that says change oil and does maintenance, that's just not there to, to look pretty. That's a reminder. Change your oil in your car. Because if you don't change the oil in your car, you're going to have problems down the road. But a little, a little bit goes a long way. And how much better would our church be? How much better would our city and country be if we would just start showing a little bit more compassion towards one another? A little bit more love and understanding. How much better would, would we be if we just give each other a little more forgiveness? Can I say we, we all have moments where we're in a mood. Am I the only one that gets in a mood? So we all kind of understand that we have one of those days when we're just... Ah. You just don't... You're not, you're not at your A game. You wake up late. Tires flat on the car. Whatever's going on. And you're just not at your grandest, happiest moment. And you just happen to come cross paths with one another. And they just happen to say something maybe not the nicest to you. Your hair looks like it went through a hurricane. I'm already in a, I'm already in a, a mood. I'm already having a bad day to begin with. And now this numbskull tells me that my hair looks like it went through a hurricane. Well, your face looks like it's been through a meat shredder. Probably not the nicest thing to say. How much more if we would just have more compassion on one another? I'm sorry I said that to you, man. Forgive me, I'm just in the mood. we've all been there but it seems like the world we live in everybody's looking for a fight we're going to fight about this we're going to disagree about this and, and, and working through this whole COVID thing I know the church was not for having to wear a mask all the time I get it there were those that think the mask protects. There are those that don't think the mask does anything. There are those that, that think that COVID was real. There's those that don't think COVID was real. Just talk to those whose lives have been lost because of COVID. Talk to their families and let me know what they think about COVID. We can argue all day. Well, it's as bad as the flu. It's as bad as this. All I know is people were dying. And I didn't want nobody to die here in this church. So we can disagree all day on everything. We can disagree on do we need to wash our hands or do we not need to wash our hands? Do we need to wear a mask or don't we need to wear a mask? But the end of the day, we're still brothers and sisters. At the end of the day, I still need to look out for you which that's all this was about. It's not about me. It's not about that. It's about protecting one another and keeping them from getting sick. Because if one of y'all would have got me sick and I would have made her even more sick, now you understand why I was so protective and why I was so adamant about keeping this under control. Because I've had brothers in the Lord pastoring churches where many became contacted with COVID that many have died from this and I did not want that in my church so disagree with me you may but at the end of the day sis we're still brothers and sisters we may not see eye to eye on everything but you know what I'm going to be there for you I know she's going to be there for me but it's the little things that we do to look out for one another and I appreciate everything that has been done this, this, this past couple of weeks that have really have shown me we do have a lot of pe good people that have been praying and loving me and my family. They don't think I'm in this alone. My kids are suffering just, just as much as, as I am. But everything just seems to be a fight, a struggle of trying to prove who's right and trying to prove who's wrong. 
and people go overboard to try and make sure that everybody knows that I'm right. And I will fight to my dying breath to prove to you that I'm right. And can I say sometimes it's not worth the fight. It's not worth the fight. Sometimes I just shut my mouth and back up and walk away because it's not even worth the struggle. It's not even worth the time and effort for me to try to prove to you that I'm right. But we live in a very toxic environment. A very toxic environment where everybody's feelings are getting hurt. If you hurt my feelings, I'm going to make a big deal of it. And I'm going to, and I'm going to start a big deal to keep from my feelings being hurt. Can I, I say that yes, we have come a long way. And I have a lot of interracial uh, relationships and family members. And they have been on the, the, the very hurtful side of comments because of that. But can I say, God does not see color in the church. Can I say, God does not see racial issues in the church. Because he says, I see everybody the same. You're my brother, you're my sister. And can we say, he is our dad. So he doesn't see all of that. But yet, we want to make racial issues. We want to turn white against black. We want to turn this person against that person. Can I say, that's not in God's kingdom. There's no place for that in the church. There's no place, and that will not happen in my church. And that will not happen while I'm here. But while I am here, we're all one in the same. But I want my life to be contagious. You ever try to sit there with a straight face when somebody is just totally cracking up? Probably it's something stupid. It's contagious. You start laughing. You smile. You can't help it. You, I, I've seen people I didn't even know, and I'm walking down the road, and they are just cracking up. I don't know what happened, but it's just funny. So it, it starts making me laugh. My dad taught me the power of laughter. He said, son, if you look, you can find laughter in anything. He said, but you first have to learn how to laugh at yourself. So I look at my life, and I look at the life that my wife led. And we wanted our lives to be contagious. We were hoping that God's love would be able to spread through our lives. We were hoping that people will be able to see something in us that would be able to help them. I hope God's joy can just leap from us onto somebody because there's times where maybe you don't have much joy, but somebody's joy can be contagious. Joy is contagious. When joy enters into the room, you may be going through something, but when joy enters in the room and somebody with, with contagious joy enters the room, it affects everyone. And that's what we wanted. That's what we prayed for, to have a house up here, that we may be able to have somebody over there that maybe they can just feel something from God. I hope that I can continue to be a help and a hope to somebody. I hope that I can continue to be a life that can be an example for somebody. Because love, joy, laughter is definitely contagious and I hope and pray that it spreads through this church like never before I know it's a hurtful time I know it's a time where it seems like we're down but can I say this is not a time to be down she's in a better place than I am and she's in a better place than we are and this is a time to rejoice this is a time to carry on. And this is a time to see and get this church to the next level. So I hope revival continues to spread across this beautiful, beautiful church. But it's the little things that we do. It's the little things. I appreciate the hyphen group that have been coming over. 
I appreciate the love and the laughter that I, I see in them. And I appreciate all of the things that they do. I appreciate the talents of all the musicians. And thank you to everyone that helped out. I, I, I sat there as, you know, I, I didn't get to play everything. So I got to sit back and, and listen. And it sounded fantastic all the talented musicians and singers that took place and everybody that helped set up and everybody that helped tear down, I want to say thank you because it was hot. It was real hot. So they handed the microphone to me and I'm thinking it's probably a bad idea to hand a cordless mic to a preacher as I'm supposed to MC, kind of introduce things. So I, I, I got a little venturous, and I took the handheld mic, and, and I walked it all the way out to Water Street to see if I'd still be connected and they'd still hear me. And I, and I, and, and I did. I'm like, well, this is really going to be fun, and I'm really going to have a good time with this. But then they said, no, Pastor, you only got like three, four, five minutes. So that kind of stopped that. But I want to say thank you everybody that helped out because it was not about putting a spotlight on us and it wasn't about putting a spotlight on how talented of a church we are it was about just singing about God and, and maybe somebody can understand and maybe they heard something or saw something and, and they know who this true tabernacle church is and where we are now but in our scriptures the Lord took his closest friends to join him in a prayer meeting and isn't it nice to know that at a, at a moment that you can call on some of your brothers and sisters and know that we can enter into prayer with you at that very moment. That's what a church community is all about. It's not about you, but it's about the connection. It's about the community. It's about helping one another out. That when you need help, you're just a phone call away of, of getting a prayer network started. And trust me, this past few weeks, I have felt the strength of the prayers. I have felt the prayers going up, and I thank you very much. But sometimes we just need some comfort of having a few friends praying for us, having a, a, a few that are walking with us. There's nothing greater than having somebody put their hands on your shoulder and say, man, I am praying for you. The Lord, in these scriptures, gives us a very profound example that, that I think most people miss. At some point, they find a place where he says, this is the place. This is the place we're going to pray. Now just watch with me or pray with me. Just stop right here. But if you go down to the scriptures a little bit, it, it, it said Jesus went a little further. And I think we miss the concept of that. We, we just think that prayer can be just a scheduled five or ten minutes. We just think that, that prayer can be just a, a, a time thing. I'm just going to give it a couple minutes and, and then uh, we'll just move on with our lives. And as Jesus came back, he saw that the disciples were sound asleep. And I think we've all been in that situation where tiredness and weariness have taken over. And, and we had good intentions to pray, but we, we fell asleep. Or we had good intentions of reading the word of God, but we fell asleep. Or we had good intentions of, of calling our brothers and sisters but other things got in the way. And Jesus comes back and couldn't you just pray with me? Couldn't you just watch and see that if you went just a little further, if you would have just done this a little bit more of what might have happened, but he went further. He went a, 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 a little more. And God has placed this church at this time for revival. God has placed the men of God and the ministry of this church at this time to take on souls, the revival that is coming. Can I say, if we don't have everything in place, if the foundation isn't in place, the building will not go up. If the building does go up, if the foundation is weak, if the foundation is broken, the building is going to fall over. 
So I appreciate the ministry of this church tremendously. It's a blessing to a pastor when we go out of town and we come back and we hear, man, that we had church today. It's a blessing that the pastor can be gone and knows that there's ministers, the ministry of the church, and the people will have church despite the pastor not being here. That, to me, is a blessing. But the foundation has been prepared, I believe. And Brother Mark, it's good to have you back from, from Bible school. And, and, and I'm glad because I know Mark has already reached out and he's already shown his heart for the, the ministry of this church. But I believe that revival is here, that when souls walk through those doors, uh, the already in place, the foundation's already been laid. I know we got friendly people, and I know we got loving people, but we got the Spirit of God that is here. We got people that can pray them through. We got people that can maintain them because, trust me, a baby will not survive on its own by itself. You think it's hard trying to find somebody to watch your animals when you go on vacation. You just can't put your, your, your child in, in, in the room and put some food on the floor and say, we'll be back in a day or two. Because if that is happening, you're probably going to be getting a knock on the door from the authorities saying, we need to talk. But a baby has to be tended to baby has to have some some food some nourishment some comfort they have to be clean they have to be changed and it's a lot of work and even when they get a little older it's still a lot of work Zach and Haley I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you have life in you and you have vigor so you can keep up with that little baby that you have Diamond you still need mommy and daddy because they're going to take care of you and let me say even after they get old and move out of the house and they get married yeah we're still taking care of them and my wife would want it any other way. So when we get new babies in the church, it's up to us to feed. It's up to us to take care. But you see, there's only so much you can do because we step back and let mom and dad take care of the baby. I wouldn't mind holding the baby. I wouldn't mind, you know, I, I, you know, I might be okay. I'll watch them. Been a while, but I'll watch them. But see, Sister DeAndre, you just wouldn't let anybody watch that beautiful baby. Some knucklehead off the street, hey, you mind watching my daughter for a week while we go? No, you ain't, you ain't going to do that. That's why we got to take caution with these new babies that come in. Because you can't feed a steak down them. You can't give them stuff that they're not ready for. We can poison them. We can kill them. But God is going to send them. Because revival's been promised to this church. But as we move on in revival, as we move on into, into the greater, and I believe greater is in store. We have, we're, we're right there and we will, we're getting some things straightened out and in tuned and, and ready to go. But the chairs will be ordered and we are moving on to replace these things. And greater is in store for this church. Greater is in store for you. Greater is in store for your family. But God is looking at the little things that we do. He's looking at the little things that, that, that we are, are doing. Can I say, I appreciate the praise and worship of True Tabernacle. And I appreciate the praise and the worship that, that you people have taken on. But but. We do not need to take on this thinking, well, the pastor's not praising, so I'm not going to praise. Well, the pastor's not going to the prayer room, so I guess I just won't be in the prayer room either. You see, you cannot get to heaven following after me you got to get to heaven following after God can I say you need to take on praise as your own thing can I say to somebody you need to praise just a little bit more can I say you need to worship just a little bit more well I look at that people across the and trust me I've, I've I've had people that that have told me they're people watchers and they've left this church 
because of the things that they saw. And I said, you know what? If you stop looking at people and start looking at God, you wouldn't get so upset. Well, look at them just standing across the hall. They ain't worshiping all. Can I say, you ought to be worshiping God and stop looking at what's going on across the pew. Can I say to somebody, if you would just praise a little bit more, if you would just worship a little bit more and stop worrying about what the other person is doing and stop worrying what's going on on the other side of church, God's trying to do something through you and God's trying to move through you but you're too worried about well look at them what would happen in a worship service if we would just simply praise God with all that we have God is saying to true tabernacle go a little bit further in prayer go a little bit further in your worship how do I do that, Pastor? How do how do I I, I don't know where to, where when to stop? That's just it right there. If you want to worship even though the music stops, if you're having your own praise attack, you go ahead and praise God. Let me say, you're not going to get on this pastor's nerves by praising him. You're not going to stop the flow of service because God is moving through you. But in one of my moments this past week, and I purposed in myself, and I know work has told me you take all the time you need. And I was back to work on Friday, right after the funeral. People wondering what I was doing. And I cope with things in my own way, my ways to stay busy. I got to be doing something. I took care of her. I mowed the grass. That's my thing. She wanted me to hire an outside company to come mow. You don't be. You don't need to be mowing that grass every every weekend. I'm like, but baby, this is. It's my yard. It's my thing. I put my music on. I cut my grass. That's what I do. And when I'm done with that, I'll come in and I'll cook supper for you. And when I'm done with that, we'll do this. I'll clean up and we'll go out on the deck and we'll spend a beautiful evening together. And when I wake up in the morning, I'll take care of you and I'll get you ready and I'll go to work. And when I come back, I'll do it all over again. And people say, you're crazy. You're going to wear yourself to the ground. Maybe so. But idle time is not my friend. How many, and this is no thing, I mean, how many have, 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 have just watched me and there's something on the floor and I just stop what I'm doing to go pick that up? It bothers me. I see things that need to be done. I see things that need to be taken care of and it bothers me. So I can't stop. So I said, I'm going to go a little further time I was putting into her the time I was spending with her at the evening God just says you got more time now to invest in the kingdom you got more time to invest in your people so that's what I'm going to do but God is asking right now what do you need just go a little further what do you need just go a little further in prayer what would have happened if the disciples did just have their own prayer meeting right there with the Lord? Sister Haley, stand up. I feel the need to pray for you. Brother Wilson, come with me, my friend. I want you to know that I appreciate the ministry that these two have taken on. I want you to know the burden that they have taken on. Many of you may not have seen it. Many of you do. They... They have been a blessing to my, my ministry, my wife and myself, but they've been a blessing to, to uh, my family, and they've been a blessing to this church. They have, at, they have done anything that I have asked them to do, even teaching when he didn't think he was going to be a teacher or a preacher. And look what God is doing. So, Sister Haley, I want to pray for you. God's got great things in store for you. But let me say this. When we enter into that realm of ministry, where we say, God, whatever you want, whatever you need, that's what I'm going to do. That you are now on the enemy's target. Because of the people you are going to affect. Because the, the church that you are going to minister to. He wants to break this up.
if he could have his way, he'd break this family up. But we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, Lord, you see my sister right now, God. Lord, I pray for strength. I pray for comfort. I pray, God, that you would just put a joy and a peace on this mind like never before. Devil, this mind is off limits to you. And, Father, I pray for the ministry of this beautiful couple. I pray, God, that you will continue to use them for the kingdom. I pray, God, that you would just touch them, bless their finances, God, bless their home, bless their family. I pray, God, a protection over their marriage. In the name of Jesus right now, I pray a healing on this mind. I pray, God, that there will be a joy unspeakable that just stays in this spirit, that stays in this soul, and stays in this mind right now. In the name of Jesus, devil, they are off limits to you. I pray a blood protection around them, a blood protection around this mind and body. In the name of Jesus right now, and I praise you, and I thank you for it. Come on, praise them, praise them, praise them, praise them. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen, brother already talked about uh, Elijah. You know what he asked of that lady? He didn't ask her for an abundance of meal. He didn't ask her for an abundance of oil. He just simply said this, give me a little. Give me a little. Why? Because I believe he already knew what she had. She didn't have a whole lot. She didn't live in a mansion. She didn't live where, where the cupboard, as, as, as Brother Wilson said, the cupboard was full, where she could have pulled out a big container, where she could have pulled out a, a full bottle of oil. But all was asked of her, just give a little. And that's exactly what she did. She gave just a little of the meal. She gave just a little of the oil. But God honored that little that sustained the man of God, that sustained her and her child. In fact, if you read on down in 1 Kings 17, you will find out where her, her son lay dead, but, but the man of God prayed and, and, and the son was taken care of. Can I say to the church, you may think that all you have is a little bit. All I got is just a, a, a little bit, but God is saying if you take that little, put it in the offering plate, put it in your praise, put it in your worship, put it in your prayer life, that God will honor that what's the miracle that's waiting for you if you just give God the little and I, I I just can't put my head around people that say well I just don't have money to give in tithes as I watch they spend money on this and spend money on that and then wonder why things fall apart and, 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 and things just go awry in their finances. God is just asking for a dime. One dime. And God, you're the one that has blessed me with this job to begin with. You're the one that has blessed me that, and, and I'll raise both hands. God has blessed me with a great job. That if I want to stop and I have to be in Springfield and I got to be in Pontiac, I can stop what I'm doing and drive and take care of what I'm needing. I am blessed. And while others were struggling and while COVID was going on and businesses were shut down, my personal business increased 38%. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful. And as the job put the the constraints on me, and his job kind of squeezed me and, and made life hard for me of what they expected. God just blessed. God just blessed. But that's because I said, I'm going to bless him because he has blessed me. How can I not give back to him what he's already given to me? lady who had the issue of blood learned the lesson of what just a little will do she could have looked at the crowd and said there's no way I'm going to be able to get to him there's no way that I have the strength 
that I have even the effort to get to him. But she said, you know what, if I would just a little, get, if I could get a little closer to him. All right, I'm right here. Maybe if I just get a little bit closer. Until she found her way just to touch the hem of his garment. Can I say to the saint of God today, I feel your spirit. I, I, I feel the hurt that you're going through and the turmoil that it seems like your life is in. But can I say, if you just make your way a little closer to the throne of God, God will honor that. God will honor that. And I believe he's up there cheering for us. Come on. Just, just take one more step towards me, my brother, my sister. And I'm going to take care of your situation. Just don't go back. Please don't stop. Please don't, don't let what life is dealing with you get the best of you. And you just simply give up. Pastor Burke said this as we stand. Mr. Sanchez, if you come. The Sister Heil has now entered into that realm of some of the great faith warriors. Because in Hebrews it says that we are compassed about with such a crowd of witnesses. And many of you don't know this. I think it's been said. If not, I will tell you this, that my wife made it a point to drive around this beautiful town that she loved. And made a point of driving by everybody's homes as much as she could. Those who are out of town, she prayed for you. We don't always go by your house every week, but we prayed. Sister Sandy, she prayed for you. I know Lexington's a little far from Pontiac, but I want you to know Sister Heil prayed for you. She prayed for everybody in this church. She loved everybody in this church. But I believe she's in that cloud of witnesses right now. And even though her voice has been silenced, I know I can hear her spirit saying, True Tabernacle, just keep going. To the individual, I'm feeling in my spirit. You've been hit, you've been slapped, and life just seems to be crushing you with everything that's going on. But I hear a voice. I hear a voice saying, you can do it. Just keep going. See, my wife knew. The worst thing she can do to me is just make me stop what I'm doing. Because she knew I had to stay busy. Can I say to the saint of God right now? You're sitting idle. You're not doing anything for your family. You're not doing anything for yourself. And you're not doing anything for the church. And I say you've entered into very dangerous ground. Because idleness is the worst thing we could have for right here. Idleness is the worst thing you can have. Idleness is depression's best friend. Idleness will go hand in hand with its best friend, isolation. And when you join forces with idleness and when you join forces with isolation, you have now entered into that realm where depression now takes over. And now you feel the loneliness. Now you feel the emptiness. And now you feel the helplessness because you have joined forces with idleness, isolation, and depression. I'm speaking to somebody right now. 
just accepted depression as part of your family. But that's not the life that God has chosen you for. In the name of Jesus right now, God, I speak joy into this individual's life. I speak a Holy Ghost joy into this mind right now. But God, we, we will bind together as a family. And we understand, God, that we're never alone with you. But Lord, that you will go to this person right now. I pray, God, angels into their house right now, into their room. Bring strength in Jesus' name. I want to open who? Who am I talking to? Who needs it right now? Holy Ghost joy, fill this place. Holy Ghost joy, fill this place. I want to open up these altars right now. We're going to pray as a family. Come on up here, your brothers and sisters. Step out in faith right now. Step out in faith. Go just a little bit further than your normal prayer. Jesus, right now, Lord, there are many needs that are at these altars. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will just touch every man and woman that are at these altars right now. Many needs that have been brought up. God, there are healings that need to take place. God, there's a healing of the mind that needs to take place. God, there's some healing of the hearts that need to take place. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you would just send down Holy Ghost rain. I pray that you would just send down an anointing upon those that are hurting God. God, those that need it right now, I pray, open up the windows of heaven to your church right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we are a church in need of your spirit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I claim every healing right now. 